You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The second round is in full swing and the action increases from game to game. This is where the contenders are separated from the pretenders. To give you some skin in the game, DraftKings will be offering free play pools every day of the basketball playoffs, offering players a free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes. That's up to $10,000 in total prizes up for grabs each day. The best part is that it's free to play. Here's what you need to know and here's what you got to do. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. And you know, just so you know, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. So you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $10,000 in total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. It's another week of playoff basketball which means another week further I am removed from anything basketball related what's good everybody Jason Jones you're honored or I am honored and humbled to be your host of the ruler of the court podcast brought to you by the basketball podcast network where we've got you covered on all the hoops talk you know, you could want my favorite title of all of probably all the podcasts. I mean, there's some great <laughs> creative uh, names, you know, not including mine, obviously, but probably my favorite one because I do talk about the Kings is the Lakers one, not because it's, you know, the Lakers will 
It's because it's <laughs> it's called Luke Walton Talks Lakers, and the host is Luke Walton, but not Luke Walton, the Kings coach. I just find it awesome and hilarious that <laughs> Luke Walton would be hosting a Lakers podcast and it not be Luke Walton, who is currently the Kings head coach. So that's just my one one show I wanted to highlight just because of that alone. Sure, some Kings fans might be like, oh, what? I don't want no part of uh, <laughs> anything Luke Walton. But hey, we got, if you don't want to talk about the Kings, we got everybody else covered too. So go ahead, dive in, have some fun. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Mm. Took a little sip of uh, some lemonade and <coughs> didn't quite agree with me, but hey. It's all good. And what I'm back to do is to talk about what I've been doing a lot lately is what former King they're doing in the playoffs. What their time like was in Sacramento. And in most cases, kind of go over what went wrong while they were in Sacramento. And as promised today. We're going to revisit the time in Sacramento of one Seth Curry. That's right, not Steph Curry. Obviously, Kings didn't draft him in 2009. It took Tyreek Evans. But Seth Curry, Steph's younger brother, uh, a guy who's a excellent three-point shooter, and just kind of look back at how he ended up a King for a season. Just why didn't it work out? Why wasn't he around longer and what he's been up to since? Because I'll, I'll say this before we even get into the whole story. I thought the Seth Curry signing was an example of the Kings doing something right. And then they just kind of fumbled it. But let me get into the whole story of what happened. Summer of 2015. Seth Curry is playing in the Las Vegas Summer League for New Orleans, and he's lighting it up. I mean, just killing it. You know, shocking that someone from the Curry family would be, you know, proficient at shooting the ball. But yeah, Seth is killing it. Ends up leading the Vegas Summer League, averaging 24.3 points per game. And that leads to eventually a contract with the Kings. One-year deal, <clears throat> he'd be a restricted free agent after the season. Seemed like a smart move for the Kings, a team that couldn't go out and, you know, spend big money on free agents or probably shouldn't go out and spend big money on free agents to find a guy like that in Summer League who had kind of hadn't found a home in the NBA yet. But find that guy, bring him in, kind of groom him some, and boom, maybe you've got something special with him on your team. And it doesn't cost you a draft pick. You didn't have to trade anyone to get him. It's just like a win-win for the Kings. On top of that, he feels a need to add more shooting around DeMarcus Cousins. Because, again, are we really surprised someone from the Curry family <laughs> can shoot three ball? We shouldn't be at this point. Yeah, so 
Yeah, you get your curry. You get you get you a curry on your team on a discount. And of course, obviously, signing Seth plays into the whole Vivek Ranadive wants to be the Warriors and will emulate anything the Warriors do. And if you can't get Steph, you get Seth. You know, but that's kind of you know, that's one of like the cynical things everyone said at the time. But I believe just based on his play in the summer and what he had shown, Seth had really earned an opportunity to try and make an NBA team and stick around and get a real shot. But that was that was that was 2015. That was Vlade Divac's first off season as general manager and. Well, I thought that was a smart signing. The Kings also made some win now. Let's go all in to try to get the eight signings. And that was the summer where they signed Rondo, Marco Bellinelli, which was a disaster of a signing. Given the lack of production, that's when they signed Costa Kufas, Karam Butler. And they brought in all these vets to kind of push for the playoffs. And the team wasn't, and that was also going to be George Carl's first full season. So you had all this stuff going on. But in the midst of all that, the Seth Curry signing seemed like a great idea. You know, possibly a higher, possibly a pretty decent ceiling. I'm not going to say high ceiling, because when I think high ceiling, I think like an all-star. But definitely a good player, a, a player who could help you and provided a much needed skill three-point shooting especially with a coach like George Carl who you knew wanted to shoot a lot of threes and get up and down the court so the question then becomes what in the fuck happened (laughs) because that didn't quite materialize in in terms of uh, Seth's playing opportunities and just getting a chance to show what he actually really could do on a consistent basis Part of that was just roster-wise. You bring in all these veterans, you know, to to take up time, which we're going to cut into that. And I would I would contend that was the first mistake. You know, I think the minutes that Marco Bellinelli gave them that season easily should have gone to Seth Curry. I don't think anything that Marco did that year. I mean, he actually was terrible that year. You know, relative to his career. It might have been his worst season or one of his worst seasons ever. Those could have been Seth minutes, and I think that would have been just fine for everyone. But that's not how it happened. Those veteran guys played. And on top of that, George Carl didn't really seem to have an affinity or desire to use <laughs> Seth Curry at all. I mean, quite honestly, George didn't think Seth was an NBA player. He thought he was a nice little player, essentially. And that led to one of the all-time great trolling moments when Seth had a good game and DeMarcus pretty much ran by and trolled his coach by like saying, I thought this kid couldn't play. I'm just paraphrasing, phrasing, but yeah. Basically, Seth was never really given the opportunity to show what he could do on a larger scale, you know, in that 2015-16 season, Seth appeared in 44 games with nine starts, averaged 15.7 minutes, uh, <clears throat> went on to average 6.8 po- points. He's averaged more than that every season since, you know. 
But he only said he only played 15.7 um, minutes. Did make 45% of his threes and 83.3% from the free throw line. But, you know, that really wasn't enough to get him clearly the time he needed on the court over the course of the entire season. And again, George Carl just really wasn't going to play Seth. For whatever reason, he just was not going to play him. You know, if you want to be cynics, George Carl is a North Carolina guy. Guess what college uh, Seth finished up at? Duke. Yeah, so, you know, that's just the cynical way of looking at it. But, hey, what the hell? We can have some fun on here. And now, so that that, that pretty much, you know, between all that guarantees that Seth is not going to play. And Seth becomes a restricted free agent. And I'm thinking, he showed enough in those 44 games. Especially toward the end of the season when he got to play more. He showed enough to where you keep him. Right? He's a restricted free agent. But I also remember around that time texting someone. It was a modern or another agent. Asking, you know, what did the Kings are going to do with with Curry? And the response basically being, hell, these are the Kings. Whatever happened, it'll be the wrong decision. And turns out it was the wrong decision. Because since then, Seth has only averaged fewer than 12.4 points once. And that was when he was playing in Portland. And they got two guys named Dame and CJ there who were going to take a, a bunch of those minutes. But... You're looking at a guy who has not shot lower than 42.5% since leaving Sacramento. He's a 44.4% three-point shooter for his career. 85% from the line for his career. 10.5 points. And Tuesday night in his playoff game against uh, Game 2 in Philadelphia against Atlanta, the guy who couldn't get off the bench for George Carl had a nice little game again in the postseason with a 21 points, two assists, you know, five of six from three, eight of 13 from the field overall, and just, like I said, continues to be a solid contributor on a very good team, a team that has title aspirations. And that's, to me, that's saying a lot. Uh, and this season, Seth has started all 57 games that he played in the regular season. Uh, averaged 28.7 minutes, a tad below his career high, but he shot 45% from three, averaged 12.5 points, and <clears throat> did that on 9.7 shots. So he's, you know, 46.7% from the field, highly efficient. You know, just, a, like I said, just a, a real solid season. And, what you look at with some of the mistakes the Kings have made, that was, you know, looking back, clearly that was a mistake. How do you not, you know, keep this guy around, especially at the time when you had a DeMarcus Cousins on your team? You needed more shooting. And the Kings, like I said, they just fumbled that one. And now we get to watch what, what Seth does for Philadelphia and... <laughs> Now, like I said, the Kings continue to struggle to, you know, not struggle to add more shooters. I mean, they've got shooters. I mean, they got Buddy Heald who shoots a ton. But, you know, you had a guy, I think, who uh, fit what you wanted to do. You know, even if he were around post DeMarcus on your team, he still fits. And 
I just want to kind of give you a comparison to what uh, I think the the number of minutes that he play that Seth plays is probably closer to what the Kings would love to give Buddy in terms of just minutes per game. And I'm just going to give you what Buddy's uh, and this is what Buddy's numbers were from last year. He started you know all 71 games he played in. Shot, shot. Clearly, he shot way more <laughs> than, <clears throat> excuse me, than uh, Seth ever would. I mean, Seth averaged basically about ten shots a game, but he averaged ten threes a game. Well, you know, Buddy averaged uh, <laughs> yes, right, ten threes a game. That's yo, that's crazy. Ten threes a game. That's what Buddy averaged. He averaged uh, 14, sh- 14 shots a game, and on average, 10 of those are threes. So, he's obviously shooting way more than a guy like Seth, but he's also making way more money. But, you know, but, you know Buddy shot 39.1% from three. Would Seth's numbers go down if he shot more? Probably, but you're looking at relative, you know, and even with all that, you know, shooting so much more than a than than Buddy, I mean, excuse me, than Seth, Buddy only averaged four more, four, basically four points more a game. So Buddy wasn't as efficient, you know, as a guy like Seth. And for a team that had been trying to, you know, watch his, no, watch the purse string, so to speak, not overspend. I thought losing Seth who probably would have been relatively affordable for nothing, was a mistake, and I still think it was a mistake. How would it have worked out down the road? We'll never know. But if the Kings going forward are to eventually become a playoff team and get out of this rut that is missing the playoffs every year, they're gonna they can't keep they can't miss on guys like Seth Curry. When you get them at a bargain, you know you don't use a draft pick. You don't have to trade for them. You know you like I said in this case. Vlade in the front office did everything right. You identified him in summer league, knew you could have a chance of signing him. You sign him, and then you just but you put him in a bad situation. You put him with a coach who wasn't going to play a lot of young guys. You brought in all these veterans. Yeah, it just wasn't. It, it was not conducive to his success. But clearly, since Seth has left Sacramento, he's been successful. He's shown he could be a contributor in Dallas, Portland, and now with the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, he's in the playoffs. Kings aren't. So, that's kind of the story of how Seth, how Seth Curry was a Sacramento King. I don't think people ever realized he was a King at this point, but he was a Sacramento King. Probably could have gotten, been much more for the Kings over time, but hey, the Kings were going all in to try to get to eight. And like I said, we saw where that got them. It didn't get them eight. They got them beefing with their coach and another season <laughs> out of the playoffs. But hey, that's the Kings. And that is the latest edition of Let's Walk Down Memory Lane and recall why that guy is a former King. Yeah, it comes down to plain and simple. Kings didn't want to keep him. It is what it is. Kings didn't want him. Restrict the free agent. They were they renounced his rights, let him leave, and now look at him out there flourishing, you know, throwing lobs at Joel and Bead, you know, all because someone believed in him. But hey, it is what it is, you know. 
Maybe Buddy is a better version of what Seth would have been for the Kings down the road, but the Kings are going to need Buddy to either probably, I mean, ideally they would probably play him less minutes. Buddy played career high 34.3 minutes per game last season. That is not where <laughs> ideally I don't think anyone wants him at. I don't, um, I think I think it's no surprise that as his minutes went up, his shooting percentage went down. To me, that's no surprise. So, but for that contract Buddy has, the Kings should and want more, expect more. And let's see if they get more from Buddy going ahead. So, again, like I said, that was our trip down memory lane. We can stop talking Kings and drift on over to the fun stuff, which is music, which is anything else I might just want to chime in on. Let's do it. So. I did check out the new Lloyd Banks. And admittedly. I wasn't a big Lloyd Banks fan back in the day. Not liking it. I hate. I hate Lloyd Banks or. Anything like that. It's just. I was big on 50. And outside of that, I was like, oh, okay, G-Unit, whatever. But I did check out this new album from Lloyd Banks. Uh, heard about that he had an album coming out, listened to, to a podcast. Talk, no, and so I said, okay, let me give it a try. Looked online, saw some uh, some good reviews, people giving it props. And for me, listening to the album felt like a trip back to the early 2000s. Just kind of with the sound. But I don't say that as a diss. You know, I thought it was a... You know, is it the off-season by J. Cole? No. But it's definitely a good... A solid effort. Called The Curse of the... The Course. Not The Curse. The Course of the Inevitable. You know, I really enjoyed the opening track, Propane. I enjoyed the track, Empathy. Which was uh, Lloyd Banks and Freddie Gibbs. In part because I'm a big Freddie Gibbs fan. You know, formaldehyde, Lloyd Banks, and Benny the Butcher. I mean, if you can get Griselda on an album, it's a win-win, I think. Every time you get Griselda on an album. So, I definitely enjoyed that track. I would recommend that one. I enjoyed Death by Design and Food. Death by Design is just Lloyd Banks. But food is Lloyd Banks of Styles P. Another another Styles P appearance, you know. Just last week I was talking about Styles P being on DMX's uh, last album. You know, and there, so there's some others, you know, that's, you know, those are probably the ones that stood out the most to me. But like I said, for someone who's not, who admittedly is not a huge Lloyd Banks fan, I thought it was an album that, you know, Made me want to listen to Lloyd Banks and maybe go back and revisit some of his old stuff. And maybe I was closed-minded. Maybe during the whole game G-Unit beef, I was more with game because he's from the West Coast. Who knows? But kind of gave me a chance to go, you know, about dive back in some more some old Lloyd Banks tracks. And I will say this, too. The album's an hour and seven minutes, which nowadays... <laughs> Is akin to a double album. I was like, man, this is a long album. Because I think I'm just conditioned at this point. When new music comes out, I'm going to get 12 songs, 40 minutes. 
36 minutes. So just be aware of that. But like I said, I definitely would recommend you check it out. Give it a listen. You know, I saw it's doing well on the charts and all that stuff. So definitely, like I said, definitely give it a, you know, give it a, give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at Mr. Uh, underscore Jason Jones at Mr. Jones LBC on Instagram. Let's talk about Lloyd, uh, Mr. Lloyd Banks and his new album. What we think about it. You know, let's have some fun with it. Mm-hmm. So, but this is one of those weeks, too, where the episode's not going to be crazy long just because, hell, I ain't going to front. I ain't got a lot more to say about the Kings at this point. So, I'll probably, you know, research who my next... You know, basically where they at, what they're up to, former King thing is for next, you know, this week. Though as the playoffs get, you know, fewer and fewer teams, there's fewer options to choose from. But still got some guys out there. Uh, I could probably do a whole episode on DeMarcus Cousins. And he did get some run Tuesday night, you know, against Utah. Good to see my, my, my homie out there getting some, you know, getting some playing time. So... That might be the next one I do is just you know a big dive into you know maybe break it up into a couple of episodes just looking at Demarcus's time in Sacramento what he means to the uh, to the Kings you know to the NBA and all that fun stuff so that's what I'll probably look to do later but before we get out of here again like I said touched on you know hit on Lloyd Banks hit on Seth Curry. And didn't have really any other thing that was pressing to me. But in terms of the hip hop scene, you know, the world's opening up. We're still, you know, looks like things are starting to pick up around. Maybe not in California, you know. I think some people out here are mad at the governor. (laughs) But we definitely have some, you know, some good music to listen to going into the summer. And as we approach we get closer to the summer you know and i might have talked about this i talked about will smith before about the song summertime but we're gonna have to start breaking down what are what are the good hip-hop summertime songs you know uh, an underrated one is ice cubes my summer vacation well because it's not a happy song but it's about his summer vacation uh obviously summertime fresh prince dj jesse jeff we've got Summertime in LBC. I'm pretty sure I probably mentioned all these before, but next thing, next episode, I'm gonna do a deep dive into what's a good rolling in your car, play it loud summertime song. You know, windows down, drop top, whatever you you know. Maybe you got a beach cruiser and you rolling around on your beach cruiser. I don't know, but we got to get into that as well. Just dive into that. I think that's what we'll do next time, and I may have my my co-host my girlfriend back to help with that you know if she so desires she hasn't been too eager to jump on the podcast lately since the season's over and she frankly has no idea what what's going on with the nba because well she don't she pretty much follows as long as i go and i haven't had a game in what like a month almost man it's been a minute yeah so okay folks again thank you for tuning in thank you for checking me out Again, you know where to find me at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones on Twitter, Mr. Jones LBC 
on Instagram. Uh, hit me up. Let's catch up. Let's chat. Let's see what it do. Y'all have a good week. I'll be back later this week. You know, don't fret. You'll hear from me again. <laughs> but, you know, all of y'all take it easy. Be safe out there. Stay out of trouble. And we'll talk more basketball later in the week. I'm out.